What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. I'm another one of the co-hosts, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your final co-host for today, Gideon Egner. And we are continuing our Colorado football culture series here. This should be the last installment of this series here and it's a pretty serious one uh by the way if you haven't checked out the other ones go ahead and check it out but this is definitely one that we felt like we needed to talk about here uh yeah just straight up and it's racism in colorado football i think there are a lot of people who want to deny that it exists or that you know it was something that was only in the 60s 70s whatever 80s i guess Uh, But notice how the decades continue to get closer and closer to modern day. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people want to kind of, you know, push to the past. But it's very real. And, you know, a lot of the things that we are going to talk about are source are things that we've gotten from our sources that we've witnessed firsthand that we've seen. So it's not speculation. You know, let's just keep it a hundred there. It's definitely not speculation. And there's always a reason or two or some sort of undertone behind why certain things happen the way that they do. Is that not right? Cody and Gideon, who, by the way are the two white guys on this episode to talk about racism with me, a person of color. Well, uh, I I guess I'll go first here, but I mean, this is always going to be a difficult issue and there are probably, there's probably going to be somebody that's like, Oh, why are two white guys talking about it? Well, it needs to get talked about like, regardless, like this is a problem. And it needs to be addressed. It's not something that we can just shove under the table. And yeah, long story short, if we're the people that are talking about it, then, and somebody else feels like there should be a discussion about it, then hey, at least we started that discussion. So yeah, long story short, I mean, I I know it's a bit awkward to have uh, two white guys talking about it, but if it needs to be said, it needs to be said. I definitely think that in in sports and you know in in life, with sports being a reflection of life, you have to talk about the nasty topics. And football is no different, and Colorado football is no different in you know the way that the the subject is a bit taboo, but that's exactly why it needs to be talked about. And I think that there's plenty of things that we can see here and how, how that's being reflected and how maybe that's not, it's not right. You know, I think that, you know, at least with this first category, if no one minds me just recognizing history real quick that, you know, in this past Super Bowl, we did have, an African-American quarterback for each team in for both Kansas City and Philadelphia under center and two of the best players on the planet leading in that regards. And that was historical to, to happen. And, you know, I think that that, I think that shows that there are obviously, I mean, with that generation, 
plenty of African-Americans playing quarterback, but we're not necessarily seeing that here in Colorado. Um, and maybe not at, at an accurate clip either, since, I mean, the odds of two quarterbacks both being African-Americans in the Super Bowl, if you're going to try and tell me that it's less likely that a high school quarterback is African-American than that happening, something uh, something's a little off, I would say. Uh, am, am I wrong for for pointing that out, Simon, that if it can happen on the biggest stage where they have had to go through middle, high, and college football and then make an NFL team and then take their teams to the postseason and for Colorado to not... I, I don't even know if there's two African-American quarterbacks that I could think of starting off the top of my head, if I'm being completely honest with you. What, like in Colorado period or like into like state championship or in state championships? Well, definitely I, not in state championships. Okay, because I was also going to say, I can't think of a time, at least when we've covered, which we haven't been doing in long, where we've ever seen two black quarterbacks at a at a state championship game. Um, so there's that. Uh, I could think of some African-American quarterbacks, though, you know, around the state and whatnot. And I, I am going to preface this real quick because I already, I already hear, you know, some idiot out there okay maybe not an idiot that might be a little bit too far but some dude out there for sure who's all like well maybe it's just because there's not many black people in colorado and uh, they're like a huge minority and all that and certain areas just have more like okay yeah sure whatever that's fine get that in under consideration for sure you know but you still have african-american athletes pretty much in every school it's not like schools are segregated anymore or whatever like you still have mixed uh uh you know different types of athletes or from different backgrounds at each school and so for it to not happen yet is is definitely a little bit suspect you know because and here's the thing about you know being a person of color playing quarterback especially in football culture i mean playing quarterback means you're the leader you're the guy that everyone looks to. You're the face of the team, face of the franchise, the person that the media goes to. Like, you are the face of this team. Now, I am going to say this. I think there are definitely communities in Colorado who cannot handle that. They cannot handle a person of color or a black quarterback or an African-American quarterback or whoever as the quarterback of their football team in Colorado. I'm just going to say that right now. And I know that for a fact. Don't act like I don't. I definitely do. And even if they are put at quarterback in quotation marks, they're used more as a wildcat battering ram type, which is another kind of stereotype out there. Well, I don't know about stereotype, but maybe something that has been done consistently to take away from those type of quarterbacks and not be able to, you know, treat them like a normal athlete and, you know, actually throw the ball there. And so I know I just kind of opened up a lot there, but I mean, all that aside, there is a significant lack of uh, those type of quarterbacks in Colorado who are also consistently, you know, getting the support that they need and, you know, being great leaders and players for sure. Isn't that right, Cody and or Gideon? I definitely think that there are, from a leadership perspective, there are coaches 
that don't know how to support players that look different from them. They, whether it's from a lack of experience or just, uh, I don't, I don't even want to say lack of experience because that sounds like an excuse when really it's their job to connect with their players, to stand up for their players and to be there for their players. And I do think that that is seriously lacking in leadership of high school football in Colorado, not only at the quarterback position, but just in general, because I mean, I I've heard it when, when playing slurs being thrown out on the field and I've, I've overheard it at games too. And as a coach, you have to be going to bat for your players that are going to be targeted in that way. And I just don't know. I just don't think even that the majority of Colorado coaches are equipped to do exactly that for their players. Um, and then the, the criticism and the attention and the spotlight and everything is dialed up to 11, right? When it comes to the quarterback position. So that even more so, but I also just think in a general sense, uh, pretty under equipped to, to handle that. Gideon, do you want to speak on the uh, topic here a little bit more? I mean, so I come from the smaller school perspective of this, right? Where like we, I'll admit in my graduating class, we had of like 120, we had maybe 10 people of color in total, but that is no excuse. Um, so he, here's my story. Here's my story. So I'm from Manitou Springs. Um, I'll see if, uh, I'll see if it can be included, but basically there's a picture that ran in the Pikes Peak Bulletin a few years ago of the 1946 basketball team. I promise this has a point. The 1946 team had a black player and two Asian players. So I understand not every community in the state has that type of history where people have been accepted in the school and in athletics for the past 80 years at least. That doesn't give you an excuse. In the year of 2023, there have been enough people to come through all of the schools in the state that you should be able to handle that. Some people don't. C Cody just mentioned that. Some people don't. But theoretically, you should be able to handle that. And you should know how to deal with that. And I mean, if you're not willing to go up and stand up for somebody, like as a coach, let's say you have a black quarterback and you're not willing to stand up if that quarterback gets unfair criticism the same way that you would for a white quarterback, then you shouldn't be a coach. That, I mean, that plain and simple. Like, off and on due to injury uh, during my time in high school, we had a we had a black player who was at who was at quarterback. He was at wide receiver. Like he did a lot of things, but frankly, due to injuries, a lot of what kept him out of uh, 
out of the lineup our senior year and our sophomore year. But what ended up happening was our coaches stood behind him. And the paper, they treated him just the same. Our community treated him just the same. But it's when we started playing people from other communities, that's when it started getting whack. So, that's, uh, like, especially at bigger schools, like, I, I don't understand, but I understand at smaller schools if this might still be a problem where, sure, you may not have had somebody with the quarterback skill set who's a person of color in 10 years or so, because... You don't really have many people of color in your school, but especially if you're at a large school, that makes no goddamn sense to me. No goddamn sense. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Now, moving on just a little bit here. Uh, so I, I've had this conversation not once, but definitely a couple of times here. And that conversation is... You know, is Colorado ready, like the Colorado high school football community, are they ready to have a quarterback that is black be the best quarterback in the state consistently? And are they ready to have a, a black quarterback who's the best in the state or even just a POC, a person of color, be the best quarterback in the state? Now, you can look at, you know, different years and whatnot. But this is what I'm really going to focus on here first before I allow y'all to answer this, you know, if the state is ready for a person of color at quarterback to be the best. But, you know, just looking at the Chassa records here, looking at this top 10, I am, I, I looked at everyone, I'm pretty sure there is only maybe one person of color on this uh, top 10 all-time passing yards list, and that's Clay Garcia from Alamosa. That would be the only other one uh, that'd be there and then just following that you also have dylan mccaffrey you know from valor so top 11 really you know you only have one that is you know a, a person of color right and so just keep that in mind if you go ahead and look at this year's stats you know the top 20 quarterbacks when it comes to passing you have a couple more people of color in here you know obviously used uh, very much differently you have I think you have three out, sorry, four out of 20. So with that being said, you know, Cody, Gideon, do you think the state of Colorado as a whole, as a whole, could handle a person of color being the best quarterback in the state? Because I think that is a very telling question, whether you say yes or no to that. I could kick us off here, and I'm not confident. If I'm being completely real, I'm not confident of the state being able to rally behind that player and show the same support and pride in a great Colorado prospect that under center that is a POC. I don't know. I really don't think so but on the flip side it's gonna happen you know what i mean and for all those well we could hope are, it could happen i 
personally, I wouldn't say it's going to happen. I mean, obviously, you want to hope that it's going to happen. But if it's going to happen, then it would have happened already. But sorry, that, I just wanted to make sure that was clear. But go ahead, Cody. I, I just, I'm, I don't want ignorance to win here. Um, and so for, for those who, who are, uh, you know, I just say, we don't, we don't go at your pace and, you know, we, we're doing this to address that and, and take it out of their hands because that's not what Colorado football should be about. And yeah. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it, but no, I I'm not confident that 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 Colorado is ready for that. Gideon, I hate to do like the the sigh beforehand, but like I gotta agree because like th- there are communities that I think are ready for it. I think most of the I twenty five corridor is. <laughs> go on, Gideon, go on. Uh, well, a lot, at the very least. I, I know that Pueblo would probably, most of the schools in Pueblo would be okay with that. Most of Fort Collins would be okay with that, based off of the vibes that I've gotten from up there. A decent amount of the springs would be okay with that. And from what I know about the Grand Junction area, they'd be cool with that. I can't fully, and and, and I'm not saying like the schools, I'm saying like the communities. I am not fully sure about the rest of the state. Like, and like geographically that that's most of the state, but population wise, I'd be willing to say it's a lot less, but some communities are ready. Some are very much not. Yeah, some are very, very much not. yeah, no, no two ways about it. I'm going to push back on the Springs because I don't think the Springs, I think that's one of the last spots, in my opinion, who would be ready for something like that. Because even because here, here's the definition of, you know, or at least this is where we're coming from when we say, oh, can this community handle a POC at quarterback? This is what we're saying. That means can they accept them? Are they not going to immediately come up with the, oh, he should have just played wide receiver and running back and be a DB for us and uh, play something else. He's not really a quarterback. I don't think he really has the mental, you know, th- th- that's what it, that's where it starts there, you know. And then there's also the, uh, oh, the woke culture. They want a black quarterback. It, it's like, no, first things first, you know, best players got to play at each position. So because we're talking about football, right? But I think the spring specifically you see this community, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, eh, do they really deserve to play quarterback? Shouldn't they go play a more natural position is what I kind of hear a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, so I'm going to push back really hard on the Springs because even though there are people of color at quarterback here, that doesn't mean they're accepted or that the community could handle that. And I'm just pushing back on I-25 in general too. Like, I I just I just don't I don't I don't see the full acceptance and really like rocking with them because I feel like as soon as the going gets rough, 
they're gonna immediately turn their tail on him. You know, if yeah, it, let me play the white guy if, who if a, you know played flag football for five years. If a white quarterback has a bad game, they're like, oh, you know, the line wasn't playing well, or the receivers didn't look good. If a black quarterback or POC quarterback doesn't play well, it's because, well, according to the crowd, they would say it's because that's not the position he actually should play. So, and we be hearing this in the crowd. This isn't like all baseless. Like, there's a reason why, and I do this more so than Cody and Gideon. Uh, Cody had to stop doing this, but there's a reason why I literally sit down in the middle of a crowd. And, you know, I'm wearing the most inconspicuous stuff and I low-key just be listening to like fans and parents and coaches and all uh, and people in the community just talk about these players. One, because I want to see what the vibes are of this game. Two, there's always, you know, some uh, stuff like that that comes up that really shows where the vibes are at. If you know what I'm saying, you know. Uh, because those are things that are actually everything I said and everything Cody said are things that I've heard word for word, like up and down I-25, uh, for sure in the Springs easily Highlands Ranch for sure. Come on, be for real. You really think Highlands Ranch was not going to be mentioned here. Come on now. Uh, Parker as well. You know, those are things that we, I hear at least once a game. And there are even times where Cody is like sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> Castle Rock 2. There are even times, oh my god, where Cody and I will be sitting next to each other and there are things that I hear that he doesn't hear. And then when he starts hearing it, then we got to go down to the field because uh, we can't have Cody punching out a parent. Right, Cody? I hate sitting in the stands probably more than anything. I hate, hate sitting in the stands so much. But... You're abs- I will say you're absolutely right that there is important banter to be heard from there. And it's once I mean, we've talked about this a few times, like they're going to have like whatever these parents are saying, that's what their kids are probably going to think. And then you have teammates that are doubting their teammate because of the way that they look. And that team is just going to be disconnected and not work. And that there's going to there's at least a parent or two or three or four or five. I don't want to even say at least one. There's probably at least five parents of that in every crowd that are going to be saying things like that. And you even have it for teams that have had a multiple year starting quarterback who's POC. And and they're going to be saying some other stuff um, about that. And yeah, no, I, I think that they're not... They're really not behind that QB all the way. Go ahead, Gideon. Um, by the way, Gideon typed in Castle Rock into the chat. And how could I forget Castle Rock? I know during the AJ Jackson era, there were some out-of-pocket people from that area. But uh, Gideon, did you have something else you wanted to add on here? Okay. So I am fully willing to uh, to uh, acquiesce my take there on, uh, on I-25. But... Cause, Cause, I spend most of my time on the field. That just gives me a better angle on like people playing, and I honestly kind of try not to get into the crowd because then I get riled up and it becomes a whole thing. But yeah, yeah, like 
Highlands Ranch, definitely. And then, like, when I was thinking about Colorado Springs, I was thinking, like, of, of like, the communities within the Springs, like, in the Greater Springs area and El Paso County, where, like, the schools that would, that, that would accept have, like, that would accept a black quarterback and would be willing to back up that player. They feel big, but then when you think about it, they're in the minority, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, when you said that, like, I was like, oh, yeah, that that does make sense, where I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I I do feel like from everyone that I've talked to in Fort Collins, in the Fort Collins NoCo area, they more care if you can play. <laughs> um, and if you can, that tracks. That tracks. Yeah, and if you can get the job done, they don't, they don't care. It's same with Highland, same with Eaton. Like from everything that I've heard from those communities, if you're good, they don't care. But, and from, and if people spend more time out on the Western Slope than I have, and they disagree about Grand, about the Grand Junction area seeming like that as well, then that's fair enough. But from the time that I have spent out there and spent talking with those, talking with the people out there, that's the impression that I get as well, is as long as you're good. So that's what, uh, yeah. That's my piece. For sure. But yeah, I mean, okay, so we're all in agreement. Yeah, Colorado can't handle a POC being the best quarterback in the state. At least I don't think so. And, you know, this is something that I've talked to with a lot of people, you know, and uh, it is the re part, maybe not the whole reason, but one of the reasons why, you know, some quarterbacks have left the state and whatnot because they're not like that's BS, you know. And, you know, I, I know this was brought to me by one parent, but one parent was pretty concerned that, you know, if uh, their kid was breaking records and really turning up, that there would be athletes encouraged by adults, of course, just prefacing that. But there would be athletes in certain communities that would aim to take that kid out for the season so that they would not be able to break certain records. And that is something that I've looked into a little bit more. And, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I feel like that is something that could definitely happen. And so I that's why I asked that, you know, because I think that really shows where Colorado is uh, as a whole when it comes to that stuff. And so uh, that says a lot about where Colorado is. And, you know, it's it's probably partially where, you know, some quarterbacks, uh, they're just not running a system where they can't get into the record books like that. Fine, whatever. That's fair, right? But then there are definitely some quarterbacks who are definitely better than, you know, their white counterparts, but are overlooked and are purposely moved on from. You know, I could think of multiple that that happened to, you know, from these last two or three seasons that we've co covered Colorado high school football. And so there are just straight up some players just not getting those opportunities 
to continue to grow and to get better. And I'm just going to be honest, it's going to sound messed up, but most of the time when some of those uh, pe uh, people of color, some of those players of color who go on to play quarterback in a different state, they usually are a lot more comfortable uh, community-wise and find a lot more success outside of Colorado, which reflects the mediocrity of Colorado, if you know what I'm trying to say here in multiple ways than one. And that's not good. I mean, obviously, we need all the talent we can to stay in state here because um, we already have so much going against us. But for that to be an added effect is, is definitely an issue. You know, now I'm not saying like, oh, just because he's black, you should get a chance at quarterback until he fails. Like, no, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that completely like just be giving everyone a chance to go play. But, you know, there are a lot of communities and programs that are simply just not open to that and will never be open to that in my eyes. And that's just me being a little bit more pessimistic. But if you haven't done it in 2023, how are you going to do it in 2030, 2040, 2050? That's it, you know. Uh, maybe once in a blue moon, but a blue moon isn't anything that special. What we need is consistency. And so that's how I see it. That's how a lot of parents and coaches and players see it as well. And I think that reflects where Colorado is uh, when it comes to that type of thing here in state, even when it's about high school football. You know, it's something that trickles down to high school football for sure. And, you know, kind of transitioning here to our next segment, I mean, one way that they've really kind of tried to keep down uh, or keep down people of color is by switching their positions. And they know what they're doing when they do this. But, you know, maybe they're a really talented skill player or something like that, and they'll switch their position to, you know, lineman or linebacker or whatever, something like that. Or, you know, or maybe, you know, they're a very talented quarterback and they'll be like, hey, you know what? I think you're a running back. Let's go run you 40 yards or 40 times into the ground. And, uh, you know, that's how we're going to use you and your specific skill set here. And so position switching is a real big thing that, you know, may not be racist in, in theory, I guess. But, you know, if you really want to get into beliefs and undertones and stuff like that, you know, there's definitely some ignorance behind it and why some uh, coaches will prefer that these players, you know, go ahead and switch positions. Isn't that right, uh, Gideon? Would you like to speak on that? And then, Cody, you could go next. And something that as that may be as well is it may be like a subconscious thing, right? Where for most of a coach's life, this has been the way that they've seen it. And it, it may not even be like a conscious thing, but it's like, well, this is the way that I've seen uh, this type of scheme successfully run with this type of personnel. Not saying it's right, but this is the way that some coaches may be thinking. It's definitely not right. And it's, it, it's intrinsic bias. It's not like explicit, like, oh, I'm putting you here because you're... It may not be that, but it's the type of thing that like it needs to be looked at as a factor when you're making these decisions, like is there some sort of bias that is affecting my decision-making here that I should be taking into account? And so that's something that I'm thinking about here when it's like, when these decisions are made, what are the factors behind it? And 
if it's something that is subconscious, you're not actively making that decision because of this, but it's affecting your decision making, you need to be thinking that all the way through before you make that decision, which you should be anyway, but I mean, we've talked about it a lot when we've done this culture series where some decisions are not made with uh, with full thought, if you will. So I, that's a more eloquent way of putting it than I was trying to type out. Fair enough. No, fair enough. Cody, uh, did you want to comment on that? I mean, I've seen it everywhere that I've looked, you know, especially like... Um... I'd say growing up in like Aurora and whatnot, you would think that there would be more POC or African-Americans under center um, with, with like the population and whatnot. And there's really not. So I don't know. I just think that that's something to know. As far as, you know, these positions, they're not just getting changed here on the high school level, but they're getting changed even earlier. They're getting changed on the middle school level. The support system's not there. They're getting changed, you know, junior high, Pop Warner, or even on the elementary school level um, where you have some young African-American who's dominating in, you know, like fifth grade football, and then they're not at quarterback next year like well you know if they were able to throw and they were running the ball well and you were running you know like if they were running a system very well I don't understand where the logic comes from that they're not continuing to play that position um, so yeah no I, I would agree alright great so we've kind of finished talking about this but to be you know, uh, I guess to wrap this thing up here, I mean, look, there's going to be some biases for sure uh, that are racially motivated when it comes to, you know, who gets to play on the football field and who gets to play what in Colorado. And that's definitely something that still exists, you know, and you see that in the makeup of teams and, you know, where they put certain players and all of that great stuff. And um, part of that is also, I mean, you know, there are some squads where they are extremely run-based, and, so, and that's definitely a flaw in Colorado in general. But, you know, they're extremely run-based, and so they're going to put their best players where they could get the ball most. And so there's no doubt that there are definitely programs that, you know, have that. And they're cool with, uh, you know, those kids being ran into the ground. But, you know, there's definitely a deeper meaning to that, being more okay with them being ran into the ground than them passing the ball and leading a team. And, you know, being more of the traditional face or I guess modern face of, uh, you know, a football team as a passer and as a quarterback, you know, because it could be argued that if certain teams switched uh, systems that that player would no longer play quarterback and they would not try that, you know, uh, anymore or try them at quarterback anymore. And I think that's uh, that says really all you really need to know. When it comes to racism in Colorado football. So we're just going to leave that there. And if you can't read in between the lines. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Right. But kind of switching gears here. You know. Let's talk about the sports media here in Colorado. So, uh, the one the one that specifically 
covers Colorado high school football like us and, you know, talk about people of color in the media. I am obviously one of those. Uh, everyone else on the Playmakers Corner is white, though. And uh, I am also the person who usually brings on the most people. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, and you may not believe me, but I am not racist. And it's just kind of tough because I think the opportunities when it does come to covering Colorado uh, sports are a little bit far and in between. You know, because we also don't get paid to do this either. But, you know, to lure those uh, great reporters and stuff, we have to kind of have money for that. You know, and so it is a little bit of uh, of an interesting situation over here on our podcast. But obviously, I'm always open to bring in another, you know, person of color to even up the teams over here. And that's just where we're at. So that's our official statement. But, you know, looking at the rest of the media in Colorado, being in, you know, some of these media days, Cody, you tell me, because you've been to the most of these, how many people of color outside of me are there covering as media? I can't give you a name. If that if that doesn't answer your question, I cannot give you a name. I think that it's, you know, the majority of that room looks a lot like me and I know that this is another issue too, but uh, also very little um, representation and women in sports and stuff like that covering that too. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of white dudes, old, young. I mean, guys who are you know still writing for like the newspaper and stuff are are in there and they're asking questions that aren't always great honestly um i think that there's some really stupid questions that are being asked in those media sessions and i i do think that outside of like the network that we've kind of been able to build with media outlets that we trust and hang out with it's very lacking in diversity uh, for the rest of colorado football media and just honestly colorado sports high school sports media in general, I would say, is severely lacking in diversity. And, uh, you know, I think that you can tell kind of like our relation to the majority of media and just where we kind of stand in the state with the connections that we have and kind of like how diverse of a network we've built, um, whether that's through coaches, parents, or you know other media outlets you and there's kind of like it there's a separation between like who we talk to in our network and who like i would maybe say the mainstream media network is um and at, at least in in appearance behavior demographics and class i would say there's pretty noticeable differences so yeah i, I think that that is a pretty good addressing it. And then also for anyone that's going to, because I already know that they're out there, they're going to try and discount Simon and his experiences here. But as witness, when Simon posts something, when coach V posts something, the reaction to his post is always different than myself, than Mason in the past and Gideon now, and probably Gino in the future. The reaction is always severely different. 
It's way more hostile and more out of pocket. And it's it's motivated for sure. And and I, I wanted to bring that up first so that nobody could... Well, they're going to do it anyway. But I don't know. It just... Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Simon, that they're just not going to believe you. Or a handful of people, they'll be like, oh, that's dramatic. And it's like, no, dog. Racism is still alive and well in the Instagram comments, in the Twitch streams, in the DMs. It's ridiculous. It's... It ain't right. Um, and we... We don't rock with you like that. So, Cody, I uh, appreciate you saying that for sure. And I, I'm going to speak on my experiences a little bit here. And then I'll pass it over to Gideon. Because also, Gideon, I don't know if you are fully aware of everything <laughs> that has went on. Because I've kind of tried to shield you from it. Uh, just, just a little bit, you know, because it's mostly personal stuff. But no lie from... Let me think here. Fall like let's say september of 2021 to i want to say december ish is kind of where there was a break uh, no not really let's sorry let's let's go from fall from august of 2021 to maybe march or april of 2023 no lie I got a DM with a slur in it every week uh, about something that I said, about a take that I had, about a TikTok or whatever. And, you know, I link, you know, my stuff, my social media accounts, and it's open, you know, and I'm not going to close it because I'd like for athletes and coaches and, you know, parents to know that my DMs are open and that I'm willing to have a civilized conversation with you. But I definitely battled a lot of those DMs, especially when we talked about Valor, which was crazy because it was Cody who said all that stuff about Valor. But I was the one who got millions of, not millions, but at least a good hundred or so uh, slur-filled DMs thrown at me for what I said and for talking about the Highlands Ranch community and Valor. So I'm going to put you on blast real quick, or not you, Cody, but like Highlands Ranch on blast for that. Um, because that was crazy. That went on for at least six months of nonstop racism in my DMs. Um, from players, from parents. If you're a coach, I couldn't tell, to be honest with you, because of the way you were trying to approach me and whatnot. But it was just straight racism from there. And then as the season went on, that continued. And I really didn't get a break from that until like for one week in like April or so, you know, so it basically went on for almost two straight years of me just getting like hate mail, uh, whether it was on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or whatever. Uh, by the way, follow me, <laughs> follow me at Simon Villanos on those. I already know. Uh, and I'm already, that's why, you know, I have all my notifications on, on my social media basically turned off. I had to, uh, turn it all off because because of that you know and i'm not logged in to uh, our uh, pmc email anymore we used to get some on those and i delete them but 
you know that's why i'm not logged in on there that's why i'm not logged in really on any of our social medias and even when i am uh, notifications are turned off and i don't look at requests i don't look at that stuff i really try to let cody and gideon handle all those messages and if there's anything that i need to know i'll hop in there but other than that that's why there's been a really big switch uh, when it comes to who's handling the social media and who has more control, it's because I, for my mental health, I don't want to hear it. And I, it's it's definitely kind of taken a toll negatively. So that's definitely been a big thing when it comes to racism. On top of that, you know, I definitely have a lot more people who will approach me out in public uh, negatively than Cody or Gideon or Mason combined, I would say. And there are, there are plenty of situations where, you know, I'd get a pro. There was one time I got approached in my own gym and it was like noon and I like work out, you know, in kind of weird hours so that I don't, you know, so that I'm not around people. And par it's partially because of that nowadays, but it was like noon and this dude who's like a Vista Ridge fan tried to press me like straight up and was calling me all these slurs and was cussing me out. And like, I you know knowing my position i walked out to my car you know and bro followed me out to my car out to the parking lot and i basically just drove away um when all of that went down and you know he was throwing a lot of threats at me and my family and saying you know he's gonna if we do, if i don't change my tone on vista ridge that he was gonna come after me and all that stuff and so that happened near the beginning of the playoffs last year and so that's why i stopped posting what games that i would be at uh, partially out of fear for sure. Now, will I do that going into this next season? Honestly, we'll see. I think I'm always just going to kind of make the graphic and be like, uh, eh, one of us is going to be there, but I am definitely very cognizant that someone was keeping an eye out on when, you know, I'd be home or not. And, you know, I live at home with family and if you're going to come through to my house, you know, you're going to catch, <laughs> you go catch something. You know, I'm not going to assault you out in public, but at least I could do it in self-defense and maybe I'll only get like, what, five years in prison. That's how it goes. That's the going rate for people of color in Colorado. So uh, especially in the spring. So, you know, that's that's something that uh, I'm definitely very aware of and how I handle myself, you know, as a person of color in media. I, it has to be very much different from how Cody handles himself. Extremely different, like opposite, you know, like I cannot have those types of. I can't react the same way and I have to watch how I say and, you know, be a little bit more calculated with that. And so that's something that I've done as I've adjusted and grown. And, you know, there are some things that I say that I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but there's always that race. There's, I could always rely on the racist to come out and uh, say something to me when there's something I disagree on, even if it's right, even if it's right, even if it's about sexual assault, like that one incident with Falcon, that was a big thing, which was crazy. Cause I taught in that school district, you know? And so I'm really just unearthing all of it right now, but those are my experiences. And that's how I know racism exists in Colorado football, because I experience it pretty much every week. And I still do now, like the messages have continued again. And I continue to, you know, do a mass deletion of my dms every two weeks or a month wherever my mental health stands you know for me to be able to do that and uh, that's become kind of a habit basically these last two or three years with the podcast and yeah that's uh that's uh, my personal experience and i could see why other people of color don't do what i do 
when covering uh, sports media in Colorado. But Gideon, I know that was a lot, and I don't know how you're going to apply to that. But uh, what do you think about people of color in media, Gideon? I know they're really cool. <laughs> uh, well, uh, to be completely honest, I have, uh, I'm not really fully sure how to follow that up. Because I'm white. I obviously don't have a lot of the experiences that you've had. Uh, I hate that that's the reality of the world that we're in. We should have left that behind. Long, long behind us. Um, but from like Cody and I, when we were at the championship, we were talking with, uh, with an, um, another member of the media who like, we were discussing stuff with him and he was like, well, I get asked if I'd be willing to go to this community or that community or this school or that school. And he has to say no because of the history of that school, because of the history of that community. Feel that, feel that. Yeah, and it's like, I know that I don't have to be as cognizant of that, but I am going to say that the people who make it so that we have to, that members of the media, that good people have to be on their toes day and night for no good reason, if you're one of those people, you're a piece of shit. Uh, sorry to sorry to make you find the bleep button there, Simon. But <laughs> you're good. You're good. That's uh, yeah. If if you're somebody who's coming out here and harassing a member of the media at a di- like for like if you're holding them, if you're holding a member of the media who's a person of color to a different standard than you're holding me or Cody, then you're a piece of shit. Like. Yeah, that's long and short of it. If I get a take wrong, I get a take wrong. I'm willing to admit that. Like, I've had bad takes before. I had one earlier in this episode. But... Coming and threatening to assault somebody? Coming and... Messaging somebody slurs? Using slurs to threaten somebody? I, I don't know where you where along the line of development you were taught that that's okay. But if you're listening to this episode and you do think that's okay, then you can fall off to hell. That's what I gotta say. Yeah. Um, and that's just how it'd be. And I mean, these experiences maybe deter other people of color from joining the media but hey uh i'd welcome you in open arms obviously i mean but you you just gotta be ready for it i mean uh i think it definitely kind of it gears you up for almost anything at this point um the things i've had to change up since i've started insane like i don't wear like really strong colors anywhere you know I try to kind of just blend into crowds. Most of the time, I try to wear a longer sleeve so that also I don't get too much of a tan so I can look a little bit paler out there. That's something that I've uh, kind of tried to consciously do more so the last two years. I did it a lot last year, actually, um, which is great because we live in Colorado. So you, it usually doesn't look that weird 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's stuff like that. And like you said, Gideon, I know who you're talking about because uh, there's not many other people of color in uh, the media here in Colorado. But, you know, I also have to be very mindful of where I'm going now. I'm not going to be super deterred from going to a community because I could always be like, hey, Cody, you know, or Gideon. I think it really helped to have another white guy here to, to you know, make me not feel anxious because I already do when I go out and cover Colorado high school football now. But in this specific area, I would really like to have another person to have my back. And so there's reasons why, you know, a Cody or a Gideon will come through with me to events, not just, you know, for football uh, during the season, but also offseason stuff too, you know. I'm just at a spot where I don't exactly feel the greatest on my own uh, in those type of situations. And now, with that being said, I also want to shout out some of the other people of color in media here in Colorado. Obviously, you got Anthony Garcia, who's covering uh, small town sports and whatnot. He does a great job. He's a guy I love to talk about uh, and talk with a lot. You know, just a great dude. Cares so much about this thing. I know he has probably went through some of these things because he has been around this a lot longer than I have, I would say. So he's definitely uh, somebody I respect a lot, but he does a great job covering it. Uh, I want to talk about both of these guys. Mode, Josh Ford, you know, for he played here in Colorado for CU actually, and then I believe played for Mullen. Um, but you know, he's a great dude, a great videographer, you know, uh, he's, he's the homie for sure. It's always a good time when we see each other. I remember the first couple of times we see each other, like, I don't know about him, but for me, there was a sense of relief <laughs> just seeing another, a, a brother out there, you know, and, uh, knowing that we got each other's backs for sure. And speaking of each other's backs, Ryan Wesley of Prep Red Zone, man. Coach Wes, I mean, he's been the dude. You know, I, I always feel better when him and Ford are around, especially when it's the both of them, which happens a lot. But when I see him and Mode, I'm like, ah, here we go. You know, this you know this event's going to feel great. And then for that event, no lie, I feel significantly less anxiety. Like, I am a lot more relaxed and able to just cover events better. And so I'm just going to put that out there. And those are two guys, uh, really all the guys I listed are all guys that are uh, not like significantly older than me, but they're older than me, right? Uh, I think the closest might be Josh here. Um, but even then, I'm the only Gen Z person of color covering Colorado high school football um, in this state, at least that I've seen. Uh, and if I haven't seen you, you know, I... I come up to me please you know i'd love to continue to build you know the the media here in colorado the right way and uh do that great stuff and that also includes photographers and videographers too i might as well go ahead and plug that right here but yeah gotta give those guys a lot of credit too i'm, I'm sure that they go through certain stuff now they're a little bit older you know so they they're probably more used to it for me i'm a bit younger so it was a really big like shock to my system and it really roused me up sometimes and you know cody knows this because there are weeks during the season especially last season where i'd be like bro i don't want to do this anymore that's it and cody you could kind of attest to that um 
yeah, go ahead and you know if you want to talk about mode and Wes and Anthony, go ahead as well before uh, we move on here to our next segment. Uh, but that's really all I gotta say about POCs and media as a person of color. See, when I think Colorado sports media, I think of those guys, which is like what I was alluding to with like the network that we've kind of built, obviously. And, you know, that group and us, we don't make up the majority of Colorado media, but we make up the majority of good Colorado high school football media. And, uh, you know, I appreciate those guys and, you know, appreciate the conversations and insight that we have. And, you know, we see eye to eye on a lot of things, too, and exchange information very well. And I think that we do a great job as a unit um, in our individual facets and then collectively of covering Colorado football and um, sports in general for, for the guys who do more than just football, obviously, but no, I, I appreciate those guys so much and, uh, they are PMC fam as well. So, um, you know, we'll, you'll see us if we're at the same game, which sometimes we don't even plan. Actually, I don't think we've ever planned on being at the same game, but we have seen each other at plenty of games because we have the same idea of who we want to see at that time. Cause well, we all know ball, so there's that. But um, no, y- hey, follow them on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Ryan Wesley, Coach Wesley, and then Josh Mode Ford. So there you go. There. Oh, and Mile High Prep Report and Anthony Garcia. Yes, yes. Please do that, and uh, you know, stay tuned for like our end of the year awards. They end up voting on those, so uh, it's a great time. But to yeah. Simon does not have a great... The season is probably, like, the worst time of Simon's, like, year, honestly, which is crazy because we are doing this to advance the sport of football. We love football. That's why we're doing this. We want to help create opportunities for these athletes. We want to help get, you know, education partially paid for or something like... We do this to promote football, to grow football in Colorado, and to help kids. That's what we do this for. And... This is how Simon is thanked. Is is with this behavior and with this filth that they send towards his DMs. And I, I don't even blame him. I don't even throughout the season I'm like, hey man, if you can't go to a game this weekend, just let me know. You know what I mean? Like it is I can feel the emotional exhaustion even like through phone calls and whatnot. And it's it's disgusting. It's yeah. There's there's no real way to address how foul it is. So, but no, I I can attest to that and the experience of the of the DMs and I always think that the the Twitch stream was one of the worst um, that I could like look through entirely. I guess. And seen real time and that's i don't know like we need mods literally for our twitch streams for if it's like just simon doing it like we need to have a mod present because there will be nasty horrible comments uh, hidden behind user 21009201 when it's on twitch of course so they're hiding behind that but i mean yeah I mean, just 
screenshot these and post them to your story and add them. Oh my no, god! No, I can't. I can't. I can't be screenshotting <laughs> slurs and posting them. Well, that's I don't. Not, I don't mean to. I don't mean to like. That'll be that, out of context. I mean like, just. I I know I understand the logistical issues with it, of course. But man, I'd love to just drag each individual through the mud, um, as they should. But you know, I hey, if some of these programs knew the racists that were out here, and you probably honestly you probably do, and you're protecting him. But oh, there there are more enablers new. than allies, I would say. Oh well, yeah, they're definitely not allies. So I just, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. I still be going to games. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, still be doing this, you know, this podcast, uh, not streaming on Twitch, because I think it'll be a minute before I do that, uh, unless we really need to, but it is what it is. But anyways, let's kind of wrap up here. Let's uh, hit our last topic here. Let's talk about uh, people of color and coaching. I think Colorado has really done a pretty solid job at this, um, especially looking at the Springs, you know, um, there are a lot less white coaches out here. And I'm not, like, just saying that in a happy way. I'm just saying that in a, hey, you know, that's progress type of way. If you go back 20 years, I don't know if you see many uh, black head coaches or uh, head coaches that are people of color and whatnot, you know, outside of maybe the Denver metro area. But down here, Pueblo, you know, and there's obviously still improvements, but in small towns as well, you see a solid amount of uh, coaches getting those opportunities. Now, you can still see more because I think, I mean, I guess this doesn't always correlate that way, but I think having uh, people of color as head coaches, they're going to understand a wider, more diverse group of athletes, you know, and be able to handle certain situations with a little bit more urgency or um, how should I say this with with a little bit less ignorance. Is that fair to say Gideon or Cody? Either one, if y'all want to speak on this here. Yeah. Well, I was just, first off, I agree with that. And I mean, they're just going to be better equipped to respond to it, I guess. Or, you know, yeah, less less ignorant about it. They, they're just, they're going to know. Um, and then I also want to say the growth, even since I was playing football, you know, 10 to six years ago, six to 10 years ago. Um, has also been pretty dramatic, not only in head coaches, but I would also say in POC coaches in, you know, high in like high positions as far as like assistance on staffs go. So offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and in turn, that has led to more head coaches as well that are POCs from doing a good job as an OC, as a DC, and then getting that opportunity at another school. And... I think that a lot of those coaches are, they're not who we're really talking about when we're talking about the coaching issues in Colorado. They are advancing the game to a modern age a lot of the time. And you see them put in those positions to, because they are calling a great passing attack and then they get those opportunities and it is going to open a lot more doors here in Colorado for athletes and coaches as well. Um, so 
you know, I, I, I do think that while, like you said, it can still be improved and you still have like mediocre white dudes who've had jobs for really long periods of time. I do think that there's been a lot of progress even since I played. And like you said, definitely before me, but uh, you know, I think it's, it's taking a step in the right direction. You're getting more quality, high quality coaching. Obviously, when you allow dudes who know ball to coach, you're going to get players that will know ball as well. And, you know, I think that's been really good. I also just want to say, uh, you know, I think that in Colorado, especially in like Denver areas, I've noticed a very high I don't want to say very high, but I've noticed, you know, a solid amount of Hispanic contributions on the coaching level and on the player level, which I think is important because Colorado has a pretty decent Hispanic population. And so to see coaches in that position, and that's something that, you know, I don't really think I've seen too much in like the NFL or college or something. So I think that seeing it here in Colorado and kind of reflecting, you know, especially in like, Denver and you know areas like that North Denver and stuff I think that that's really good for the athletes and whatnot uh for much of the same reason that you brought up Simon as far as you know if situations arise that you know would require less ignorance to address I think that that is also well equipped so I I think that coaching wise we've we've seen a solid amount. I don't, I mean, I can still think of instances where some, someone else with a different skin complexion has gotten a job over someone that I think was more deserving, who is POC, even within the past year, two, three years. But I do think that getting qualified coaches in qualified spots is happening more in Colorado than other places across the country. At least when there's an open job. I think Colorado's big issue is that there's not enough open jobs because admin doesn't fire a coach for being terrible. Um, but I, I do think that progress is being made and that it is good progress. It is healthy progress. And it is, it's quality. It's quality too. You know what I mean? So I think that 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 is a positive and a long list of negatives on this episode. And there's still negatives in this category but I do think that there are some positive takeaways as well. Gideon, uh, do you want to go ahead and say your piece here? Yeah. Uh, so I, in high school, I was kind of lucky because m- like my, a lot of the coaches that had a big influence on me were people of color. Uh, we've got Coach Archuleta, uh, Lovey Arch. Uh, sad that he uh, he ended up having to retire. Um, Coach G, uh, he uh, he does baseball, football, and basketball. So I got to interact with him a lot, and he's just a really really good guy. And I feel like I was lucky in that way, where like the school took them in like and I in going around the state I see a lot 
less of that. A, a lot less coaches that are people of color than I would probably like to see because knowing, I mean, I know Colorado is a mostly white state. So sure, it makes sense that a lot of the coaches would be white. However, it's a disproportionate amount. Not saying that it has to be proportionate, theoretically, but it is very, very far off of what an ideal world would be. And so, I don't have as many experiences in terms of like seeing somebody who's more deserving of a job not get it in the in the coaching realm but i will say that there are coaches who when situations arise when it comes to situations involving racism do not do enough and that's extremely I was about to say unfortunate, but no, it's it's fucked, is what it is. Like, it's it's a whole different level of fucked up. Like, because in my book, if you get caught doing something racist or say a slur during a game, you should be suspended for the rest of the season. I don't care who the hell you are. Like, that's. If you're not able to, to function and be a normal human being, then you've lost the privilege of playing on whatever team you're playing on. So, thank goodness I have not seen much of this. Much. I've seen it, but I haven't seen much in person. Uh, especially like when going to these games up north, like it could be much worse. Thankfully it isn't. Um, but there are a couple of instances, very notable instances, including the one where that inspired me to have the conversation with Simon and Cody about like, what if we brought this up during a culture episode? Uh, is it okay if I, uh, if I tell that story now? Yes, go ahead. You got the green light. It's time. Okay. Okay. Listen, so... Some of this is stuff that I saw firsthand. Some of the story. And when it comes to stuff that I saw firsthand, personally, with my own eyes, that stuff I can back up 100%. However, I do have a disclaimer. We are doing our due diligence, we have talked to multiple people, and we are reporting the following to the best of our abilities. There's, there is information in the story that we have just heard from multiple sources, but those sources all say pretty much the same thing. And so, we're going to start this out, and so my senior year... It's basketball season, and we go up to university for their annual, annual tournament. And we win the first game, lose the second game, and we win the third game. And so, if you have any experience with barstool accounts, with the athletic barstool accounts for high schools, you know those can get pretty 
crazy, wackadoo, if you will. And so, both the boys and girls beat this team, which shall go unnamed for the portion of this episode, for the, for this episode, but there was a post made on Manitou's Barstool account, and a, an argument, or a disagreement, I guess you could say, broke out in the comments section, and it eventually devolved to the point where a non-African-American player called one of my friends the N-word. Granted, this was in an Instagram comment section, but I saw this firsthand. The post got deleted immediately because one of the members of the coaching staff for Manitou saw it and no, and did not want to have to deal with that drama so it got deleted immediately and you can't find that post anymore um but i saw that happen live with my own eyes all of i have multiple sources that can back that up as well but i saw that with my own eyes firsthand and this next bit has to do with the same school that Manitou played during the football season. And basically what happens, and the following is stuff that I, have, that I have heard from multiple sources. I've asked a lot of people about this. They all confirm that they heard the same thing. Uh, Manitou was down, but same... It was the same person that was called the N-word, but... He was called the N-word multiple times during this game, hard R. Uh, thankfully, one of the referees did call uns- unsportsmanlike conduct when he heard it, but so far as I'm aware, that player did not get ejected or anything like that, and it's still the same community, which is really unacceptable. Uh, now, now, this is editorial, but when this happens in different sports, with multiple different players at the same school, you start to ask yourself, why is that? Why does it keep happening? And then you realize something is happening. Something is intrinsically known in that school or in that community that makes that okay somehow i i can't say for sure that this is happening but the the circumstantial evidence and everything that i have heard about this particular community says that this is happening again and again and it's it's fucked up and when it comes down to it, something needs to change there. I mean, that that's what inspired this episode. Where, when I heard that story, I was like, hey, we should have this conversation. Because that is something that has no place, not only in the sport, but in the state of Colorado. 
Yes, there is a place for trash talk, and there is a place for being competitive, but there's absolutely no excuse for the use of slurs, for unnecessary roughness, and definitely not for trying to go after somebody and targeting them because of their race. Again, the first part of that story I saw with my own eyes. I have people that can back that up. It's... That's not conjecture. That's not hearsay. I saw it. And it's really fucked up. And that second part, again, I have multiple different people telling me the same thing. Multiple people that all heard it. And... Ultimately, this is fucked up. It shouldn't be happening. And if you are somebody that does this type of thing, you should be ashamed of yourself. And there are definitely a lot of stories like that that we've heard, Cody and I have heard, uh, throughout the last couple of years. Um, you know, it's all rumor and stuff. We usually like to get a little bit more facts to it but adding on the context there uh, that Gideon did it it makes it pretty hard to defend obviously and obviously you're not going to do that if it's true um, but you know that stuff that you know it still exists in Colorado and you know I think a lot of people look at Colorado and they're like oh they're a blue state they always vote blue so how could they be racist mm, look a little bit harder is all I'm gonna say there and I actually you know what I'm going to let that be my last uh, note there. Just look a little bit harder. Cody, do you have anything uh, else you want to add on here to what Gideon said? And uh, some final, I guess, uh, final words before we wrap this thing up? It's definitely out there. And I got to be honest, you don't really have to look that much closer. Sometimes you just need to open your eyes. <laughs> like, this is, this is something that, you know once again is racism and discrimination per you know that is brought to the forefront by adults and their kids think that it's okay and they do it they do it on the field they do it in the dms they do it in the comments they do it during the handshakes i've heard slurs during like the good game at the end because which is just so cowardly because this is like you know you literally high five and then you're like running back to your locker room. So like, you know, they know what they're doing, bro. And it's, uh, it's, it's disturbing and disgusting. And, uh, we got to call it out and we see it. And, uh, you know, that was part of the goal here. And, um, you know, I, uh, I suspect that we're going to get racist responses to this episode. So, that's that's hey the assumption i already know i will i'll see y'all in two months um or not probably not i'll probably just delete them i don't reply to any but i'll, I'll see y'all's messages in two months here so there you go there but <laughs> sorry did you have more to say it sounded like you were wrapping up so i kind of just hopped in there no i was wrapping up i think that we are cool. outro ready potentially unless gideon has anything else to uh any closing remarks yeah, do you have anything else, Gideon? Uh, just uh, 
I mean, I I acknowledge that I come from that like seeing this in person. Like this is some of the first times that I'm seeing this type of stuff in action and I'm hearing these stories cuz I will admit that like the community I was in was it sheltered. Like and everybody talked about it while we were there. It's a bubble. But if you're in one of those types of situations, look outside of your bubble. Because as hard as it may be to believe, there are scumbags out there. And they're going to do their best to put you down. And if you have experiences with this type of stuff, with specific parties, and you want to speak out about it, A, do it. They don't deserve anonymity in this situation. But also, let people know. Simon Cody, is it alright if I let them know that they can let us know and we can take that into account when when it comes to our coverage? Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah, no. Always let us know. I mean, well, not, okay, not always, but like, feel free to let us know. And if you want us to be discreet about it go for it i know there are a lot of athletes out there i don't know if this is true for you or cody or gideon i know there are athletes there that have vented to me about colorado and concerning those things um they're in my dms and i let them know i'm always there to talk because i know it's really frustrating i know uh what they're going through having been in that position and now being in a position as media and so my dms are always open you know, and I'm good to talk. Now, I can't guarantee that I'm going to reply right away because of um, certain things, but I always do my best. And uh, yeah, so just just know that. So there you go there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you've had to deal with these types of people, fuck them. They are. Yeah, no, they don't deserve thought unfortunately we have to think about them because there are there are more of them than there should be but at the end of the day goodness will win and as long as you go out there and do your best and treat everybody with uh, with the respect with which you want to be treated then you're putting goodness out into the world and we know that there are are a lot of good people out there. And yeah, at the end of the day, just be good. And you know, things like that is always going to happen. So, um, you gotta be able to deal with it one way or another, which sounds harsh, but as a person of color, if things were going to change, they would have already. So there's that, that's life. But anyways, thank you so much for rocking with us. Uh, hey, check out the rest of our Colorado football culture series. We talk about a lot of different aspects of this thing here. I know that this should probably be one of the last episodes to be released here closer to July. So while you do that, also check out some of our season previews on teams. Um, we are going to talk about all the teams, 1A through 5A. They're going to play in Colorado this year, and so we'll preview their season, talk about them, storylines, all that great stuff. So there you go there. If you want to go ahead and show some love on social media, 
go ahead and find us at Playmakers Corner. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok as well, where we will be posting more clips on TikTok from this episode and more. So go ahead and make sure you check that out. Uh, follow us there. And then if you are listening to us, whether it's on Apple, uh, oh my God, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, go ahead and give us a solid rating. We appreciate those. And uh, yeah, I've been one of your co-hosts, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I have been one of your other co-hosts, Cody Stoffer. And I've been your final co-host for today, Gideon Egner. And we'll catch you later. Peace.